0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the used gamers podcast. My name is Chris. I'm going to be host to episode 67 with me as always is Mike. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah, and we are going to talk about video games. We figured we'd do something new this time and just talk about video games. Um, What? I know. It's so many things to talk about. Um, Actually, there is a lot of stuff to talk about. News that builds nicely on uh, our last episode where we sort of speculated about the future of the new generation around the corner. And now we know a lot of new stuff about the new generation and what to expect and when to expect it and how much people's wallets are going to take a hit spoiler alert it's gonna be a lot um but before we do that we'll do our general thing where we catch up on the stuff we've been playing so it's been over a month so mike what have you been up to
1: um i've been up to to several things there were there was a bunch of stuff that i started trying out that i didn't really get to some of it i'm probably going to get more to in the future so I'll, i'll probably save those for a future episode but some i i'm i'm almost definitely not going to get back into um one of those would be uh the shadow of war the um lord of the rings you know i had always heard when it first came out i was very excited about it. i loved the first one and i liked the nemesis uh the nemesis system and how that was going to work with like building an army and actually creating like these bodyguards and stuff i was like that sounds really kind of cool and right. getting to play it, it it actually was i was really enjoying it I, I could see where this would be really something fun and i'd always heard about like there was a, a really kind of seemed like predatory grind in there and I know they said they'd kind of fix it or whatever so I was kind of waiting to hit that and then eventually I did and yeah it pretty much took all the fun out of the game for me because it just gets to the point where I just got sick of it and I kept like losing to this one like orc who just kept getting more and more powerful which just I kept seeing how this would take me forever because more powerful he got then the more stronger I had to get and then of course I had to make my orc stronger and it just builds on top of each other and eventually I just realized I, I this is not how I want to spend my time
0: well and you had said so, too that you like you sent us a message saying that you you knew this grind was there and I remember people talking about that when the reviews came out and but you said at some point you realized that that wasn't the grind you were
1: expecting it was like yeah, even worse than that or so, something because the, the, I, I ran into a, a basically I messed up so like in the first like stronghold you have to attack I screwed up and there was this one orc that I basically I did a lot of stupid things in front of and he killed me a couple of times and became uber powerful oh. um so I didn't really understand a lot of the, the mechanics yet it took a while for me to get back into you know the how those played and, and even with the newer stuff. Right. And once I figured it out, then I was able to get past him pretty easy. Like the first stronghold is made to be really easy just so you can learn the mechanics. I just kind of made it harder on myself by being stupid. So <laughs> I fixed that and I got past him, but then it's when you get to the next stronghold where like the world kind of more opens up and there's multiple ones that you can go after. That's when you really start to see how much you have to grind to build up your army of, orcs in order to like basically challenge and then that was a funny thing is for the second stronghold like i once again like over prepared and went in there and just wiped the floor with the stronghold but it was the main boss guy had all of these perks that he had to him were just completely counter to all of the different ways that i fight in that game ah. so he was literally almost designed perfectly to counter me and my play style and it was just very frustrating, and I lost to him several times. And each time you lose, of course, he would get stronger, and then I might lose like an orc or something. So then I have to build up my guys as well as myself. But in order to get stronger ones to take him on, I'd have to level myself up. It was, I I just saw like the kind of these layers of of grinding that I'd have to do. And I just realized I'd, I don't want to do this. I had lost all interest in this game and I just turned it off and deleted it and haven't gone back.
0: Wow. And you know what? That's funny. That's a game that I had, uh, there was some clearance sale or something and I think I got it for like nine or $10 and I still have it shrink wrapped like for PS4 and I, you were playing it on Game Pass, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I was almost considering uh, getting it to uh just because it was yeah it was really really cheap and i was like oh maybe i'll just buy it you know and now i'm kind of glad i didn't yeah. even though it would have only cost me like it was less than 10 bucks sure but i was like yeah that would have been a waste
0: well now I now i can feel better knowing that i haven't opened that thing yet and maybe i can find it a new home on the internet or something
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you could try it out i mean i could see where i would have really enjoyed it but I, I kind of saw where the predatoriness of it was because you can buy these uh you know loot boxes basically that come with these like epic level orcs that have all these really great perks to them and stuff so the idea is is you're supposed to be buying those in order to bolster your ranks which then help you be able to take out these fortresses and stuff it was also like with really look i was looking at videos and stuff trying to find tips on on maybe if there was something i was doing wrong or something i could be doing better and they even started talking about something I didn't realize where people come in and attack your fortress which then made me wonder is like can they just attack it but nothing really happens to mine in the game or can I come back to the game one day and find that somebody's completely decimated all these orcs that I've spent all this time on because oh. that would really suck <laughs> yeah so yeah I just I decided i I didn't want any part of this it's like no it's like I'm gonna move on sounds like a good thing that I wanted to play and and yeah I was done with that
0: very nice enough so what did you get to after that or before that?
1: Um, so another thing I just kind of touched on a little bit was uh, Fall Guys. I finally got to, to oh, playing yeah. that, you know, with all the craze of it. Um, eh, like, it's fun. I I, I feel I, my kind of hope for it was it was going to be more like a Mario Party kind of game. And I think it would be perfect like that. I don't know if you can play it any like a private server with just like a group of your friends. I feel in that way it would be really fun. But playing like this battle royale style where there's like 50 other players that you have to compete against it. And also just it's, it's, it's difficult. It's for such an easy looking game. Like it's very basic. It's very difficult. Right. And it, it just wasn't really holding my interest. The, the plus side to is it really holds the interest of my four year old daughter who loves to just sit there and play it. (laughs) And, um, so I was just letting her have fun with it. The, The most interesting part is, you know, when you lose, you can continue to watch the rest of the match. Right. Um, and you watch other people play. Well, since my daughter's 4, she doesn't realize that it's not her playing, so she could just sit there and playing with around with the controller while right, somebody right, right. else is doing something. I have no idea, have a blast doing it. So I just let her I let her believe her dream that she's doing really well at this game. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to watch. I use it as kind of a little way to introduce her into video games and try not to let her get too addicted right now. Right. Yeah, that, um, that
0: game I found very interesting. I played it for a couple days when it launched. I, I won twice, so I got a couple crowns, so I can see why that's fun. I haven't gone back to it since. and I, like I you made it to, like, number one? Yeah, I made it to number one a couple oh, times. wow. But at this point, I'm like, okay. well, now everybody knows the, the, the games a little bit better. They know the matches. Yeah. And so I was like, the chances I would win are lower. And then the events that I don't like, I dislike so much that... It's the kind of thing that, like, if I see them even come up in the rotation, like, I don't know what you thought about the different ones you played through. I think some of them are really fun, and I think they're really silly and and goofy to play around in. But anything that involved having to be put on a team, I wanted to just, like, throw the machine away. Like, I – because it was so Mm – you know, you would either end up on a team that would just dominate, like, whether it was the soccer game or the egg-stealing game, or just – you're just trying your hardest, but the other teams are just, like – smacking you down in a way that you're just drowning i'm like well i'm not going to sit here for four minutes and just know i'm not going to make it to the next round and that's just dumb like i hate i didn't like group work as a kid in school and i guess maybe i don't like that now still
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i've heard other people say it and i'll agree that you know as you're sitting there waiting for the next match to come up depending on what you see can really determine on whether or not you're excited to continue playing you know because it, it was the same way even with mario party you know there were certain mini games that you you would be thrilled to play in others you're just, why are we doing this again? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's something that I might do for fun. If like friends are playing, but I don't know that I would ever really invest a lot of time into it on my own. Right, right, right. Anyway, the kid yeah. likes it. So that works out. Yeah. Bonus. Um, and then after that, I pretty much went through like a straight binge of, um, turn-based shooter kind of games. So, uh, I started off. I played the new uh, the XCOM. What is it? Uh, Chimera Squad that came out uh, on oh, right. Steam. Um, I, I really liked it. It's it's definitely XCOM, but also very very different. Um, in it, basically, it takes place after the second game, where you know the aliens have been defeated, and now there's this city where aliens and humans all live together. So you are this new squad that's created. Uh, you're kind of like the special forces police squad. That is made up of a mixture of humans and aliens, and you're dealing with the the problems that arise in a city that has a mixture of both. Hmm. And it's kind of interesting. There are a lot of uh, kind of choices that you can make that can change. You know, create a lot of replayability. There's there's one main threat, but there's three different like gangs that you have to get through to discover the main threat. You can pick which gang to deal with first second and third and as the ones that you save for the latest get harder because as you go through the game the gangs gain more uh like units and stronger units and and special abilities and debuffs and things so depending on which gang you pick first you know or last you're going to get somewhat of a different experience with them so uh it creates some replayability in that it's kind of an interesting story as you're going through kind of the mystery of who's all behind this and trying to figure it out Um, Also, rather than in typical XCOM games where you're just picking up random soldiers that don't really have a name or a personality and you just kind of create whatever you want, these are very, very specific characters with very specific strengths and weaknesses and stuff and their own storylines and backgrounds, and they interact with each other, which was actually kind of fun. There was some very uh, fun banter between the different characters, and they had some interesting kind of backstories on some of them. Uh, some, I felt, were definitely more useful than others, especially in in a lot of different situations. Like, there's one uh, character that is like the healer of the team. You're pretty much going to take her on every single mission. Not to mention, she has a lot of other really cool abilities and, and bonuses. Um, but it's also really different in that uh, every single battle is is done in, in sections called breaches. So rather than in typical XCOM where you start at the beginning of the map and you work your way across and, and fight with whatever groups you run into, um, in this one, each fight is a very contained space, like a room usually. And you start off each fight with a, a breach. So you can choose which spot you want your different characters to breach into whether it be through a door or a, a ventilation system or repel through a window and certain characters have the abilities like there's the the, the snake character she can get through uh, vents and surprise bad guys or whatever and so there's a whole mechanic to that and then once you get past the breach then it's just a regular kind of XCOM fight that mm. you would think of and then once you beat that room then you go to the next room which has another breach to it so and you keep going that that way but uh, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of, of depth to it, even though in a lot of ways it's very slimmed down compared to XCOM. There's not as much like base management. There's a little bit of cine management, but it's, it's very, very basic. Um, you know, all the characters, they have a very simple kind of double line tree that you pick from. Um, and even in some levels, you don't get to pick between two. It's just a single ability they get. So you can tell every character is designed to kind of do a certain role. Like there's the Muton character that's very tanky. There's the uh, kind of uh, crack shot guy who's very much about accuracy and stuff, taking out people with his pistols. Like they fill a very easy defined role. So it's very, very slimmed down from XCOM, but still has a lot of, of depth to it. And like I said, the replayability is cool too, because also with the recruiting the squadmates, you only get like a, like to get recruit like one squadmate per like however many missions. Um, and you get to choose, they give you a random three and you get to choose between three. Uh, but so I went through the whole game and I didn't get to recruit all the squad members. So you could go back and recruit different squads, uh, take on the gangs in different, uh, you know, order. And it can really kind of drastically change how the game goes for you. So I was like, that's kind of cool. Cause it's not a very long game. It's not, like I said, it's not a very deep game. So it's, it's nice that they gave you that kind of replayability to it. So, mm-hmm. but I, I really enjoyed it as a, as an XCOM fan, it was a nice kind of change, but yet still very much true to the franchise. Um, yeah, I really liked that. And then after that, I jumped into Gears Tactics. Oh, which once again, uh, uh, like a, a different version of a game that's not on console yet, right? You played on PC. Yeah, it's just on PC. It's I, I did it through uh, game pass on PC. Uh, that was really interesting because, uh, I've heard the reviews say it and I totally agree. It definitely feels 100% like a Gears game. It sounds like a Gears game. It looks like a Gears game. The story is very Gears. The characters are all like everything. It, it's really interesting. It takes place like pretty soon after E Day, so like the arrival of the Locust. So you get a little bit of a a backstory into that, and and there's even some characters that kind of overlap into some of the 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 more mainstream games. But uh, you know, it's turn based. It, it just like. Um, XCOM. Although you pretty much the difference is, is that it's it's basically your turn and the enemy's turn. So in your turn, you can move all of your characters. Um, you also have a lot more of stuff that allows you to gain action points in in this one by doing like executions and stuff. Which I mean, they look just like in the game the executions, so it's pretty awesome. Um, but you can make your turn go on like for a while if you can keep chaining executions. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 a lot more similar to XCOM in that as you go, you have you end up with, in the end, four hero characters. Um, and those hero characters, you know, they cannot die in missions. If, you di- if they die in a mission, you lose. But as you go through, you can recruit just random, you know, like XCOM kind of style uh, squad mates that are nameless people that you can kind of build however you want. And if they die, then it's not a big deal. You just get another one. You know, it's permadeath, death, but you can always just recruit more. Mm-hmm. Um, there are classes to it. There's you know like a tanky class, sniper, healer. There's all, but in that, I mean, the trees are very. There's four different branches off to the trees. so you can make the characters very, very different. However, you want you can make a a healer class, but make it more damage dealing, or you can take a like a, a heavy gunner and make it more tanky. Like you can kind of mix it up a little bit if you want to. But it's it's pretty fun that the game modes get a little bit repetitive, it's a lot of the same. Um, similar thing with like the XCOM Chimera Squad or any of these kind of games. Eventually you start seeing kind of similarities in the maps, you start seeing similarities in the the game modes and and some of it can be a little bit repetitive, but with all of them the big thing is 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 the gameplay fun and they all are. Like playing with this one it was a lot of fun. It was still really interesting trying to figure it out. It the you were very, very deadly with your abilities and with the damage you deal, so they just would throw, like, literally waves of hor- of these locusts at you, which actually made it a really fun, really chaotic, which I really enjoyed. Um, they would also add little modifiers onto a lot of the the missions to, to make them a little bit different, because, you know, you're playing through similar maps, similar game modes, so they'd add a little modifier to make a little different, maybe, like, how many people you can take in, or certain abilities do more damage, or, you know, like, there's... Uh, you know you can't use grenades they would also add little stipulations where if you went through a whole mission without having anybody be downed or without using a grenade you'd get like an extra little uh like equipment crate or something um so it, it was it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it the boss battles were really cool you would take on one of the big monsters you know um the story was really good uh you know everything was great it definitely i mean besides the actual gameplay of it it was and even that to some extent was a Gears game, but it was very much a Gears game, like from the story and setting and feel and look. Uh, so I, I really, really enjoyed it. That's why I was trying to talk, you know, Jared our, our, the, who used to be on the podcast, you know, he and I are both really big Gears fans and I know he hates XCOM. What I was saying is like really the only part about this that's XCOM is just really the combat. I mean, everything else about it is Gears of War. So I was trying to see if I could get him to, to check it out. Cause I think he would really enjoy it. But I don't know. It depends on how much it would just kill him to do like the turn-based combat side of it. <laughs> and then to finish that out, um, I started playing Wasteland 3. Uh, so this was something I had been waiting for for a while. I never played uh, the the Wasteland series, but I always heard about it and looked at it. I'm a big, you know, the old school Fallout um, fan. I love those. I love obviously the turn-based combat. I love RPG kind of stuff. Um, so this seemed like it would be right up my alley. I do have to say it's not grabbing me right away like I hoped it would mm-hmm. so I'm not 100% sure I, I've been kind of taking a break from it for the past few days just because I just uh, it, when when right now like I've said before in previous episodes my game time is very limited so if a game isn't grabbing me right away it's really hard for me to to justify playing it I really want to like this one and to give it a decent shot so I am probably going to think about getting back into it and try it out some more, I'd maybe try out some different builds or something to see if something like catches me and they're like, Oh, this is fun to play. Or if I could get some hint and in th- more into the story that would really kind of capture me. Cause supposedly the story is pretty good or entertaining at least. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. But what? I was, I was very bummed out that it didn't grab me right away because I was really excited about that one
0: yeah I know you've been talking about that forever about getting that in I actually downloaded it the other day just because I realized oh it's finally available this is a game Mike's been playing and then with Game Pass you know there's no downside for why I would try this out so um you know for me like I don't nothing stands out immediately that you know tells me like oh this feels very different than XCOM or Mutant Year Zero because I don't play these games a lot so like I don't I don't have, you know, a great frame of reference for whether one would be something that clicks with me because of one thing or another, other than when I just sort of have a little bit more fun. Like, I kind of like Mutant Year Zero for a little bit, but in general, these games kind of bounce right off of me. So, was there something about this one that you could point to to say, this is why I don't think it's doing anything for me, or was it just nothing special
1: stood out? I think it's... I think part of it is 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 in some ways like the look and feel of it just seems a little off to me for some reason. Another thing, and I understand why they do it, and this was also an issue I had a little bit with Mutant Year Zero, but I felt they handled it better. Is there's obviously a mixture between the combat is very much the turn based, grid based kind of shooter mechanics similar to XCOM. Problem is, is it also has a very exploration based kind of just general walking, which is kind of similar more to like an isometric RPG. So the difficulty of it is, is when you deal with something that's a cover based shooter like this, and that your positioning is very important and how likely you are to get shot or be able to shoot your opponents, um, you know, setting up to start the battle can be very difficult, because I'll set up to start the battle. And if I don't take the time to position all of my guys properly to where they because they don't snap right into cover, like, You can't just make them. It has to wait. They only snap into cover once combat actually starts. Hmm. So if you don't have the position close enough for the game to read it as in they're supposed to be in cover, then they're not going to be. And if they don't get to go right away and a bunch of enemies get their turn, well, then they're going to take pot shots at this character who's just standing out in the open. Right. So that was something that always kind of frustrated me because like in XCOM, if you think about it, it's literally the whole game is moving by the grids. So you can move from cover to cover. Um, same thing with Gears Tactics. It's it's that's how you move the whole time. There's not just like a little free running exploration kind of mode like there is in uh, Wasteland or in like Mutant New Year Zero. Right. So that's something that that kind of bugs me. It's also it has a a really really in depth like RPG mechanic in creating your builds and leveling up your characters. There's just so many different ways you can go, and sometimes with that. Like, for me, that works better when I'm in, like, more of a fantasy RPG where I'm really versed in that and understand it. With this one, it's very different, and so I'm having trouble figuring out a build that is uh, legitimate. And it's one of those games, too, where in some games, you don't necessarily have to worry so much about, like, min-maxing and making the perfect build in order to be viable, um, like if you look at like Pillars of Eternity, they made it to where you can make builds that are whatever and, and you'll be able to be somewhat successful. It's You don't have to be too crazy about it. This is one of those games where you kind of have to be a little bit crazy about it. And sometimes those kind of games, I just, they don't really click with me as much because I don't like to micromanage and do every single little thing and min-max perfectly. Sometimes I like to just make something that's fun or I role play a character. So even though like something, a stat or a, a perk is not exactly the best thing for that character, I feel it it matches what I think that character is like role playing wise, which doesn't always help me out in the game sometimes. Right. So it can create a little bit of a frustration for me. Um So I think it's little things like that. I mean, overall I'm not, I don't like hate the way the game plays. I don't hate the story or, or the feel or the setting or anything like that. Like it's all interesting. It's just not, like grabbing me. I don't feel like gravitated, like with, with, uh, XCOM, Chimera squad and gears tactics, like with those, like I started playing them and immediately it was like, I, you know, when I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about playing it. I'd be excited about getting to play it with wasteland. I'm just kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll play it. I don't really have that much else to do, which is not a good feeling to have, you know, for a game, but I don't know. We'll see. At least it's on game pass i know yeah once again i mean this was a game that i really was excited about and if it hadn't been on game pass i mean there's a possibility i could have ended up just paying for it in order to play it and i'm kind of glad makes me love it uh game pass even more because it allows me to try these games out and then if i'm just kind of like i don't really know then it's not a big deal yeah but what about you what have you been up to
0: I've been playing a lot of things. So <laughs> when mm-hmm. when we talked last, um, you know, the game I had just played through was Last of Us Part Two, which was a, a big adventure and um, took a long time, and was right on the heels of playing a lot of other really big games that took a really long time. Um, and so I I very specifically was looking for things that I knew were going to be sort of shorter experiences so um, I, I played through a lot of stuff I have this weird habit where and it's I guess it's from having done this show for a while with you guys is um, that I keep track of whatever games I beat every year just in a little like notepad in my phone just so I can just remember mm-hmm. what I've played so I'm looking back at this list and and you know there was a day when I beat three different games in one day <laughs> so like some of those are really really short but I'll, I'll kind of bounce around as far as the order is concerned so uh, the night that we're recording this tomorrow uh, Nintendo is releasing a new collection of 3D Mario games called uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars which is um, uh, their Switch collection that it collects Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy, Um, all games that I liked a lot. Uh, And as part of this 35th anniversary of Mario, they also uh, are releasing a bunch of other stuff. And one of the things they put out was the Super Nintendo... Um, Super Mario All-Stars for the Switch Online service, which was just basically, uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember this, was a Super Nintendo release that was a 16-bit sort of up-res versions of the original three Super Mario Brothers games for Nintendo and then what they called the Lost Levels, which was the Japanese version of Super Mario Brothers 2 that never came to the United States. So um, I tend to play through the first two Super Mario Brothers games a lot every year, so I I did that again when they decided to put that on the switch online service so played through super mario brothers said yep still got it still can beat that game and then played through super mario brothers 2 and said yep could still beat that game which is probably still my favorite of all the mario games so crank through those the very very short experience is really fun um i played a game called donut county
1: have you heard of that <laughs> oh yes yes i'm aware of that one
0: it's just a goofy little game where you're basically uh moving around a hole in the ground and making it get bigger and, bigger and- and things fall into the hole and it moves the story forward like it's it's barely a video game Um, I, I think it I probably played it less than two hours till I was able to get to the credits but it was like a dollar 99 on the eShop or something so I was like yeah I'll check this out people seem to really like this game and it's got a good sense of humor it's got good writing you're basically this mischievous friend of a mischievous raccoon who is basically bored on his phone moving this hole around that like swallows this entire town and you have to kind of make right on it so the characters are well written and and it's kind of fun it's it's a very very basic you're moving a hole around with your finger like it's there's nothing to it um i also played a game called little nightmares which i had downloaded a while ago um and that might have also been a ps plus game at some point but uh, it's a really creepy um sort of uh 3d well it's a 3d game that kind of mainly moves on a 2d plane but it's I don't know what the story of it is supposed to be, whether it's supposed to be an actual thing that happens or that it's literally like a child's nightmare. But that's what it it plays like you're playing through like a kid's nightmare. You're this weird little thing. I don't know if you're supposed to be a little boy or a creature of some sort because you're wearing a an oran, a yellow raincoat with the hood pulled down through the whole thing. So you never can really see what your character is, but you're very small compared to most of the other things in the environment. And you're just sort of making your way through this, like really sort of disturbing kind of animated kind of claymation world. It kind of reminds me of things like the movie Coraline or like, you know, like a Grimm's Mm -hmm. fairy tale version of like, you know, what, like what would scare a little kid. And, um, And it was very, very bizarre. Like you're basically just trying to like – it's the kind of thing where there's no – you're just trying to hide and you're trying to solve puzzles and you're trying to sneak around. If anything sees you, it will immediately grab you. And there's no like violent death animations or anything. You just kind of – the screen fades to black and you have to try it again. But it gets really weird and at the end you do become like – Kind of deadly in a way that's kind of disturbing. So it makes me think about games like uh, Limbo or Inside, some of these other kind of like dark, cartoony but like really sinister platformers I've talked about in the past. So I've had it on my hard drive forever and just never got around to playing it. So I don't know what made me think about it, but played through that in in sort of one sitting, um, slightly longer game that I had played through. Um, that th- if you've not heard of this, there's absolutely no reason you should have because I did not realize this game existed until i randomly ran across it somehow have you heard of a game called close to the sun
1: Mm -mm. yeah
0: so basically like the easiest way i can describe it is it's bioshock but no combat and instead of being up in the clouds or underwater you're on a ship that and uh sort of the main sort of person organizing everything going on is is Nikola Tesla so it's supposed to take place in the real world and the same way Bioshock was basically the story of this city under the water where you know remarkable people could come without the hindrances of government or religion or ethics and you could do whatever you wanted to this is the same idea the idea of this game is that tesla has this gigantic ship that's just in the middle of the ocean and he's invited scientists from all over the world to come stay on the ship and just do your research and like advance science and do cool stuff without like worrying about funding or ethics or you know people disapproving of the stuff you want to work on and like in bioshock everything went really really bad and you're this person who kind of gets thrown into you know to kind of figure out what happened and you're you're following your sister and then the story kind of unfolds from there and it was this weird combination of um like really beautiful graphics in some ways the environments looked amazing and this game could not have had a very big budget I've never heard of the studio that made it like I was able to get it for like nine dollars on for like Walmart's website or something so I was like okay I've read about this sounds interesting I'll buy it for nine dollars um, there's no combat. You 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 can't defend yourself if anything tries to get you, so you just have to run, um, and I think there's other games like Amnesia and Soma and stuff that, that have that kind of system, so that's kind of interesting because I don't really like first-person combat, so that was kind of cool, and I like the storytelling. The puzzles are very basic. The audio was cool. The voice acting was fine, but sometimes the graphics would be just laughably bad. Like You don't see a lot of other characters in the game, and when you do, they just look ridiculous. Like... You, they do this, like, kind of jump scare thing a couple times where, like, a flock of pigeons or something will fly around. Like, they look like they're from, like, N64 era, like, graphics. Just really, really bad. Um, but it was, it was like, five hours, maybe six hours. So, you know, a fair amount of time to kind of, like, get into the world. The ending made absolutely no sense. I think it was meant to feel like it was setting up a sequel. But, like, nobody's going to make a sequel to this game. Nobody's heard of this thing. Nobody's played this thing. So, like, yeah. uh, you know, it's... I I thinking about you know i am i'm looking at my copy of shadow of war and saying like i need to try to sell this on like ebay or something i'll probably toss this game in with that because it's like i'm never gonna play it again but like i I guess it was kind of cool in some ways i really like bioshock a lot and this was like a shameless bioshock ripoff so yeah yeah why not i mean so it i i don't know that i can really recommend it to anybody but it looked pretty in different places um And then there were some slightly bigger games that I played through. So um, I had picked up a copy of Control uh, a a few months ago because that was a game that last year I know a lot of people had really good things to say about. Um, And I thought it was freaking awesome. So everybody should check out Control if you haven't. Um, It's from Remedy, and I haven't played their other games like Alan Wake or Quantum Break. Um... The people who like those games seem to really like those games. Have you played either of those games?
1: Mm-mm, no. I mean, I've always been kind of curious about them, but I've never actually gotten to down to playing them.
0: Yeah, I, I tried. So, Alan Wake is on Game Pass. Either that or I bought it a while ago. I don't know. But I, I have access to an electronic version of it. So, I downloaded it, you know, to see, like, okay, well, I really like Control. Let me go back to this other game. Um,. The controls of it are very weird, um, very sort of floaty, very inaccurate. Like doesn't feel good. Um, So that like I don't think I'm gonna keep playing through that. And like the graphics look pretty bad compared to what I've sort of gotten used to. And the voice acting is not fantastic. But um, but control looks great. The environments especially are very impressive. The Sort of particle effects so you're this woman who goes into this sort of weird government agency um that is you know basically examining the paranormal and alternate dimensions and it's very you know highfalutin fantasy type stuff uh but you have basically like telekinesis powers and it's really cool because where in some games you know that would mean that if you see a trash can on the ground you can sort of suck it to you and then blow it away but um You can sort of use that power even when there's nothing around, and if there's not something to pick up, she'll basically just like rip a big chunk out of the wall or the ground in front of you. So you can always create weaponry out of anything, and it looks great. Um, The voice acting's good, the music is super creepy, the map system is terrible, and was really, really hard to navigate. It has a couple of like sort of false endings here and there, which were really neat. The story itself had a pretty like unsatisfying wrap up, but there are certain sequences in the game that are some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen in a game. Um, And to the point where there's one sequence and I won't say anything about it because I I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody who's thinking about playing this game and I really recommend everybody play it. It's really neat Um, where you do this thing, you get through this sequence and it's just just freaking cool. Like sometimes you're playing a game and you just get this realization like this is really fun and this is really awesome right now. And it's great because in that sequence when you get to the end of it, the character herself says, that was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Like, I haven't seen that in a game before, so um, definitely check that out. I know there's been some kerfuffle about what the new-gen version of this game will be as far as who will get free access to the PS5 version or the Xbox Series X version. It just, It seems like kind of a mess. Um, other studios, like CD Projekt, seem to have figured that out where they just tweeted out the other day, hey, if you have um, Witcher 3, yeah, you just have Witcher 3 on the new systems. Like, yeah, have fun <laughs> no.
1: just be like hey you know all you guys that are having issues because this 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 is what you're supposed to do yeah see how easy that was now look our fans are all happy and it's great
0: yeah and it's and it's all great um the another game after that I or yeah I guess after that I played through um another game that's been sitting on my hard drive forever and I forget about it but I think you had actually mentioned that you had played through it recently or not that long ago and that was rise of the Tomb Raider. So mm-hmm. yeah I, I really liked that first game I played it on PS3 and then um, I think I have like a, the, a, the PS4 version of the the rebooted Tomb Raider which I thought was great and I remember at the time that the reviews for Rise of the Tomb Raider were like oh man this is like even better this is like 10 times better but it was an Xbox exclusive for a while um and so i kind of forgot about it and but then i realized i had it on there and um i really liked that game a lot (laughs) did you have a good time with it
1: um yeah i liked it um i mean you know i i enjoy the new tomb raider games i don't know that there's something that i'm just like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever but i enjoyed playing through it i i it definitely you know hooked me in and i wanted to finish it and you know, the gameplay is fun and everything. I, I did really want to play the third one, but then of course, right as I was finishing up the second one, the third one got pulled off a of game pass, which was annoying.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 okay. It, good. I thought it was there too. And then the last time I checked, it wasn't there. So I'm glad you're confirming that I'm not crazy. It was there at some point.
1: No, well, at least in this regard, you're not crazy. Enough.
0: Right, right, right. Well, thank you, at, at least in this one. But yeah, um, it was the what I have is the 20th anniversary edition, um, which has all the DLC for the game. And without realizing I had kind of strayed from the critical path, I did play through one of the DLCs of it, the Baba Yaga one, which is sort of the weird, there's a witch in the woods and she's... That was neat. Like, it was really cool. And I realized at some point, oh, wait, I'm not playing the game anymore. I'm in the DLC... Uh, I kind of just want to play through the game, but mm, I guess I'll play through this. And I'm glad I did. Like, it had kind of a cool, satisfying ending, and it has weird sort of mystical, monstery stuff. But the these versions of the game are a lot more grounded than sort of the earlier versions of the Tomb Raider. It's it's mainly, you know, people being terrible, and you're hunting people. Um, so, like, that that was cool. Like, I liked it. And then um, realized the other day that that Shadow of the Tomb Raider is on a pretty big deep discount right now on PSN so I just picked that up a night or two ago and I'll probably play through that and then relative near future just so I can you know wrap that trilogy up but like you said I didn't think it was the best game I've ever played but but I thought it was really good so that was cool um, and that was um, one of the first games I've got to check out like a boost mode on my PS4 so it asks me at the beginning of the game like do you want to prioritize graphics or frame rate so I was like oh that's cool so I put it on the high frame rate setting, and it ran really amazingly great. Like, just very steady 60 frames per second. Like, everything moves really good. So that was cool. That was really, really fun. And then the, the final thing I played through, and, man, normally this section doesn't take this long for us, but um, we played a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, um, was Mortal Shell, which was a game that I had been looking forward to when I first heard about it because it's – um. It was from a studio nobody's ever really heard about, but looked to be a pretty promising Souls-like. So if there is a genre of games I'm going to play, no matter what it is, it's something that is blank plus Dark Souls. And um, so this, uh, you know, and I've played through a lot of those games, but this one is kind of the most shameless ripoff of Dark Souls I've ever seen, I mean, as far as... The way that the world looks, it's sort of this dark medieval fantasy sort of thing. Um, the way your character moves, the way combat works, that very slow, deliberate, you know, uh, animation priority. You start to swing your sword, you better hope you know what you're doing because if you miss or, you know, somebody is faster than you, then you're going to take a lot of hurt because you didn't do it right. Um, and I, I thought it was really great, but I, what I really liked about it and why I think it might click with some people where... Those other games might not, and I'm not recommending you play it because I'm done recommending these games to you because it's just not going to work. It's just not going to happen, Thank Chris. You. Um, but um, it. <laughs> but it's a very it's the most streamlined version of it that I've ever seen. So um, the the gist of the story is you're this weird sort of alien-y looking humanoid thing. It kind of looks like the guys from Prometheus. Um, that uh, is, I don't know, I remember what the story is. You're trying to ascend to heaven or something. I don't remember. It's weird. But you have the ability to take over the bodies of other fallen you know, characters that are in the game. And it doesn't mean you can inhabit the body of anything in the, in the game. It's just these sort of shells. It's these dead characters in the world that you can discover. And there's only four of them. So there's not that much variety, but they they become your kind of character build. So there's one that's kind of great all around. There's one that has extremely high, you know, uh, strength potential, but very low stamina. And then there's one that has super high stamina, but he's like, you know, he, he, he barely hits at all. So um, you can kind of switch between these different things and, you know, each one initially kind of, ends up working well with one of the only three or four weapons in the game so Dark Souls is great because there's tons of armor options, tons of weapon options and you can kind of make your build whatever you want it to be. This isn't that there's no no armor other than these shells that you can kind of make your way into Um, and then just there's like three or four weapons in the game you just pick whichever one you like best and you can kind of switch between them but the cool kind of gameplay thing that makes the combat different than something like Dark Souls or even Jedi Fallen Order which is basically Star Wars Dark Souls um, is that you instead of a shield you have the ability to pull one of the trigger buttons and basically turn your character to stone at any time and that means that you become invulnerable to anything that would hit you in that moment and um, so you can basically start to swing your sword and before it connects with the enemy freeze yourself so that they can then try to get a hit on you which won't do anything, and then you can let go and continue through that that strike animation. So there's all kinds of different ways you can use it. You can use it as a shield if you go, oh crap, I'm about to get hit, and then you can block. You can use it to kind of keep a combo going in the middle of fighting a bunch of enemies, um, and then you know if you take enough damage when you're occupying one of these shells, then you're, you get knocked out of the body, And then at that point, you know you don't have their sort of buffs anymore that those suits have. And then if anything hits you even once, you're dead. But you do have the ability to sort of jump back into the body if you can get there without being hit. And at that point, um, you get your life refilled. So there's not a sort of general sort of you know I have these healing items sort of thing that you would have in other games. There's a lot less things that will help you with it in the game. But I just thought it was really cool. It was just a, a slightly different sort of take on the whole thing. It's still like, you know, there's characters that want to give you side quests and you can, you know, there's good ways that those can end. There's bad ways they can end. The boss fights are, are pretty neat and, you know, make them a little more unique than the rest of the characters. There's not a lot of enemy variety. There's only three or four areas in the world. It's like a 10 hour game, which is my absolute sweet spot, but um, has one of the coolest final bosses that I've played in a game in a long time. It's this big arena with this big huge thing who can like, um, you're basically running around in the water and you can make these giant waves and it looks really cool. And I just really, really liked it. Um, I've been watching people play through you know different styles to um, you know explore what the game sort of has under the hood. And in order to get the platinum, you have to play through the whole game without using any of the shells. So that basically at any time, if anything hits you, you die. And it's not game over, but you then have to just restart again. And that seems, like, really punishing. I don't know that I'll go for that. But mm-hmm. but it was, it was really neat. Like, I like to see that somebody took that formula, did something a little different. This is the kind of thing that feels like there's some great ideas here. And if you guys make a sequel, it's going to be, like, absolutely freaking incredible. But, um, but yeah, so really neat. If, if you like the kind of games that I tend to not shut up about then um, it's like a $30 game, $25, 30 game. So it's it's cheaper than a typical release. So I played it on the the Xbox One X and it ran amazingly great. Um, as far as I know, the PS4 version runs good and the console version runs or the sorry, PC version runs better than anything else. Um, so, yeah, definitely check it out if you're into those sort of games. So uh, right now, and, and I'm trying to figure out what's kind of coming next. I guess it'll be playing through some of those Mario games that I'm going to be picking up when I get that thing tomorrow. So. So many games yet to be told, uh, yet to be played. But uh, what we wanted to chat about tonight, even though we've chatted about a lot of stuff, um, Mm -hmm. was that we now officially know what's going on with these new consoles that are coming out. So basically, we have a a couple different things. Uh, Xbox had a bunch of stuff leak, and then they basically just sort of took a ride with it and went, you know what, yeah, let's just verify some of these details, not all of them, but then within a couple days, yeah, let's verify all these are true, and then PlayStation just yesterday um, came out with their sort of PS5 showcase where they finally revealed their release strategy, time, price, and some more stuff about their games. So, we just wanted to kind of generally chat about this and our thoughts, and if it makes us feel any differently about anything else, where we left off, last episode was that uh, all this stuff sounds cool and we're not going to do any of it <laughs> because uh, you know, there doesn't seem like a lot of reasons. So now that we know what's going on with these machines and how much they cost and what's coming out, when uh, what did you think about all these announcements?
1: Uh, I mean, y- yeah, I know a lot of people are, are kind of asking the question because you have, uh, you know, a lot of them are pushing back a lot of their big, um, launch titles or even just really don't have that much you know so a lot of people are wondering well why don't we delay the console launch and i'm sure there's a lot of business stuff that we don't understand at all that would have to do with that um so it will be kind of interesting to see what happens with this console launch because i think it's just everything is kind of interesting right now with what's going on in the world so i'm kind of curious i'm sure it'll still sell like crazy. I mean, for one thing, I think the supply is going to be lower than in the past with other console launches. So you're probably going to see a lot of people just fighting to get this. You're probably going to see a lot of people putting them online and scalping them, putting them up for like two or three times what they're paid for them. Right. Uh, but that aside, uh, I am just kind of curious because I mean, they've both come out with their specs pretty pretty similar not really huge differences they both come out with their games which there's not really going to be a whole lot to start with but they both have you know great stuff to talk you into getting their console whether that be you know the video games or the game pass or whatever and you know there's they're they're pretty even on par with you know even like the price because what it's going to be 500 for like the big main one and then 400 for the lesser one right yeah so
0: yeah so the i I think that's a good way to look at it so if you look at the higher end both companies are putting out two machines at the same time which is that's pretty unprecedented i don't think that's ever happened Mm -hmm. so the and Mm. the big boys for both which is the standard ps5 and the xbox series x um, are gonna both launch at 499. Yeah, five hundred dollars for the big machines and then Sony is releasing a Another version of their console, which is exactly the same spec wise um, as the big boy But um, it just doesn't have a disk drive. So it's an all-digital version for 400 So they have 400 and 500 as their price model Microsoft is a little bit different They're releasing the Xbox series and s which is just hard to remember and hard to say which is a much smaller box so they said it's the smallest physically smallest console they've ever released um and Mm. it weirdly looks like kind of like a walkie-talkie with this big speaker vent thing on it but it's um it's in most ways basically the same as the guts of the big system except for it also doesn't have a disk drive so it's all digital it will not output in native 4k so it's basically still a like 1080 or a 1440 machine which i mean to be quite honest a lot of people seem to not really care about that very much i mean I think that they, when we really dig down into it the adoption rate for 4K as far as TV and stuff like that is not nearly as high as some people think it is even though that's yeah. basically all you if you wanted to buy a TV today that would be your only option but like we don't have those TVs most people I know don't have those TVs either and most people are not creating content for that that sort of spec for resolution and then um, it's going to have a smaller hard drive and I think there's there's weird things about it like if you play a Xbox 360 game that's been enhanced for Xbox One X, it will not play that enhanced version on this system, but it will still be backwards compatible with that stuff. So there are some kind of tweaks and you know compromises there, but it's their box is a hundred dollars less than the other box for Sony, so their price point is two ninety nine for that. So yeah, three hundred for their small one, five hundred for the big one. Sony is four hundred for the quote unquote small one, which is really not small, and five hundred. So not a lot of flexibility there although i mean if you want to look at about it from pure numbers last go around that was where sony got to sort of get their final middle finger to xbox because they announced theirs later and they announced theirs for a hundred dollars less um and now xbox is the one who's releasing a box for a hundred dollars cheaper than its competitor which is hard to say because it's we're not really apples to apples anymore because, like we talked about extensively in our last episode, eh, they're all kind of playing different games now. So, you know, Microsoft stuff just sort of came out as a leak and then they went with it and they posted a bunch of memes and they said, yeah, this is what's going to happen. You can pre order it in a couple weeks and it'll be out in November. Um, Sony's was a big, huge extravaganza showcase with CG graphics and announcers and interviewers with, with the and new game reveal stuff and with the big, like, official announcement at the end of this is the price it comes out on November 12th. So even just the way it all came out was very, very different. But, um, I think ever since the Microsoft stuff came out last week, everybody's just been chomping at the bit. Cause we're like, okay, these things are coming out. It's right around the corner. We still don't know how much yeah. it's going to cost or where we can get it or nope, when it's coming out. Absolutely. So, so now it's finally, it's finally out there. So, um, I mm-hmm. sat around and watched the kerfuffle of, um, you know, information flying around the Internet yesterday about the Sony stuff because they're, you know, it's the same thing. People who are rabid about their fan bases are just like they're going to just drool over anything and tell you why the other guy sucks because of what they like about their thing. Um, but one of the things that was very interesting to come out of yesterday, and I think there's a couple of things we can probably chat about, but one of them was that. Um, There was no information in the presentation itself about what was going to happen with pre-orders and then eventually people like Jeff Keighley and then PlayStation themselves said, pre-orders will start showing up tomorrow but what actually happened was less than an hour after the presentation all of the major retailers opened themselves up for pre-orders so i subscribed to a bunch of like twitter sites that like follow video game deals and all of a sudden my phone was just exploding because it's like <laughs> ps5 is up, up on best buy up on gamestop up on walmart up on amazon like I was like what is going on and like as soon as they would appear they would the sites would crash or the inventory would disappear um oh, yeah. i will say because i'm an idiot who does dumb things related to video games right now i have a pre-order for the all digital ps5 waiting for me on amazon <laughs> but Bye. but see here's the thing here's the thing If you remember, for those of you who've been listening to this episode, I did the same thing the day the Nintendo Switch was announced and I did the same thing when the white Destiny PS4 was announced and I didn't end up buying either of those consoles. So the nice thing about Amazon is that they don't charge you until an item ships and this was just me getting caught up in the excitement again. I have no intention of buying this machine, <laughs> so, okay. but I'm just holding on to it. I don't know if some other amazing information comes out, then maybe I'll kind of consider it um, for some reason. Like the the I there's something very appealing to me about the idea of an all digital machine. That's not somehow otherwise a compromise. You know, the, the Xbox released a digital version of the S, you know uh, what? Yeah, not, I mean, a while ago. I don't know if anybody ever bought this thing. The hard drive was too small. It kind of had no fanfare. It didn't cost different, really. It was like 50 bucks cheaper than the other machines, so why would you not just get something that plays your 360 games, too? So I think they did a really bad job of that, but... You know, when I think about the way I'm actually playing games, and like the way that you know, now that load times are as fast as they are, now that suspend times work as well as they do, like having access to stuff digitally is really, really nice. And then you think about it; it's like, well, okay, this is what PC players have been doing for over a decade. Like, you know, who buys physical computer games? Like, if it's so, it's not insane. Yeah. And like the the sales that Microsoft and Sony have now, like. The discounts you can get on stuff is just insane. You can get giant titles for like 5 to $10 all the time. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, but I have so many physical PS4 games that I wouldn't be able to play on this machine. But then I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Almost every single one of those games I really like that I would maybe want to play again, I've bought digitally either because it was cheap and I'm an idiot. So I bought a digital version too. Or they've become like part of my library because of things like PS Plus. So like... I would be able to play like the Dark Souls games or Bloodborne or you know all those big titles because yeah. they've been digital titles too. So like yeah, that sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> so uh, again, like I said, I don't I don't have a plan to buy this thing, but um but I do think it's it's appealing and some of the game stuff that they announced does look really really cool like i try to be skeptical about that stuff like okay you know we've been burned before by things that look awesome when you see a trailer but then when the game Mm -hmm. comes out like but i think we pretty much i feel pretty confident that what they're showing of the spider man game is the spider man game because it's basically just built on the last spider man game which was really awesome
1: i don't think too many people are worried about spider man because yeah like you said they've got already a pretty established successful framework to go off of if they if they botch that game it they would have to really try plus it's, it's insomniac they're not known for doing horrible jobs with video games so i think it's it's pretty safe to put some faith in them and that's the thing like in watching the the ps5 price reveal like that was the only thing that really interested me was the spider-man game because um, most of the games were just stuff that i not really into or had no idea even what it was But it was kind of interesting. Uh, So they had the thing that came up was the PS Plus collection. Right. So is that just basically saying that if you get a PS5, you get all of these really old PlayStation games for free?
0: If you get a PS5 and you have PlayStation Plus, which you basically need to if you want to play online, then we are going to make this collection of you know digital PS4 games available to you the day you buy your machine. So that will be available starting November 12th when you can first buy this console in the places where it's being sold. So then then that's another thing that made me think about that digital thing because there some of the games are a little old, they've been out for a while, but they really it really was a pretty good sampling of like most of the best of what that machine has to offer. So it's older things like Last of Us Remastered um, you know Bloodborne which is now five years old and <laughs> Infamous Second Son which was a launch title for PS4 but it's also yeah. like Ranch- Ratchet and Clank and Until Dawn which was really well reviewed and God of War so it's like and Bloodborne, sure. and so it's like most of the big it, Uncharted four, you know, which everybody's gotten for free in one way or another from PS Plus or you know cheap downloads or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, for somebody who I guess who's never had a Sony console or missed out on the last last generation, that's cool, I guess. But like, yeah, it's, sure. you know, we've played guess- all these
1: games it's my thing is 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 people you know as as game passes continue to blow up and just kind of take the world by storm and everybody has always been asking well what is sony's response to that because playstation now is is kind of more used as like a meme than anything compared right. to game pass so everybody's wondered, you know wh- are they going to do something different with ps5 in order to compete against game pass and if, if this is is their response to that, I have to say it's pretty sad because, you know, sure, for somebody that has been – maybe you had an Xbox, uh, an Xbox One for the last generation and you right. never got a PS4. And now this generation you're deciding to flip over to PlayStation. That would be great because you'd get all these games that you totally missed out on. But I feel like that's a very small – population of the people that are really going to be investing in this thing day one, you know? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's thinking about buying one of these things now, almost certainly. And I know there's a lot of people. It's not true, but I, I've got to believe the vast majority of them were people who within the last six or seven years that this machine was out had a PS4 of some sort, uh, probably. Um, cause there's sure. been a lot of pretty inexpensive ways to get one of those over the last couple of years. And, those are legacy titles, most of them who've, you know Yeah, you've probably played them. I mean, I I think what it does is a couple things. I think it, it does satisfy that for people who haven't been a part of the ecosystem. Like I have a coworker who's in a really unique position where he he works very hard to when a new generation like comes around, that's when he gets into the previous generation. So when the PS4 came out, that's when he finally bought a PS3 because at that point they're really cheap and the entire library was available to him. So I can see the logic in that. So right now he's thinking about getting a PS4 and has been asking me about it. So I talked to him at lunch today and I said, did you see any of this stuff from Sony? And he said, no. I said, well, Think about this like there's this digital version of the machine which is $400 which for a new console is a pretty good price. Um, And if you have the online service like you'll basically get pretty much most of the library that you would want to play that you never got a chance to play. So for him yeah that's that's an awesome bonus on top of whatever else he wants to do with the machine and I think we can assume PS Plus will still have some free game offering every month like it has been I think this is just oh, sure. over and above oh, yeah. that so it's a nice little tweak but um it's but you're nice. right it's it's it just... doesn't really match up with like an online game service type stuff in the way that Microsoft has
1: no I mean and I think that's the thing is 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 I don't know with a lot of these new consoles and everything go- is going on yeah I I'm usually not one to buy into the new consoles right away, but especially with everything that's going on and the fact that there's not really going to be a ton of stuff to jump in there. And I'm not the craziest person when it, it comes to graphics. So, no, I probably won't be buying the Series X or, you know, I, so that's the thing. In a way, like Microsoft's kind of SKU works a little bit better for me because, sure, you know, with the PlayStation, it's the same console, just one has a disc, one doesn't. Right but uh, for me it's like well the xbox series s is is cheaper um and i'd rather use that the one thing i will say is i i kind of prefer mine to have a disc uh, just because i like to have the option just sure, that way sure, i don't sure. have to worry about getting screwed over one way or the other also because you know i have a child and i have my own like collection of blu-rays and dvds so it's it's really nice to be able to watch stuff on them too. Cause I use them as, as movie players as much as I do video games nowadays. Right. Right. So, you know, but still it's nice to have that option of like the cheaper one or something, but yeah, yeah I, th- I mean, I it, think it'll if be somebody is- to see how many people totally buy in when it comes to the start of this. I mean, I'm sure everybody's going to buy them all up because there's going to be limited demand, but I'm just curious to see like how these consoles really sell at the beginning or if it takes a while for them to really ramp up the numbers.
0: Yeah. And I think that, I mean, the, I I really could not, you know, I I had my particular case about this one guy that I work with who is in this unique position who this is, it sounds like an interesting idea to him when I told him that price point, he was like, that's not that bad. And I was like, well, no, I don't think so for like a new machine. But, um, he said, they've cost more than that in the past. I said, absolutely. He'd go look back at the announcement of the PS3 when that was $6.99 yeah, or whatever. Weird. But um, I said, you know, if somebody, you know, has not really played games since the PS2 or something like that. Or like they are now interested in, you know, I want to find out what this Fortnite thing is about or whatever. And so they're looking at these new machines coming out. Like the, 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 the cell... For what somebody would get out of getting like a Series S and Game Pass is like, that's so insane. Like, for this, for what you would pay for Netflix every month, basically, and for a console that's significantly cheaper than anything else you would get, like, that's an amazing deal to basically have access to four generations worth of games. On one of these things like that's that's mm-hmm. nutso so i mean and i think that you know the approach is so different like i said just the way that these things came out that like through a series of accidents and mistakes like Microsoft stuff came out and they just went with it and then Sony's was this big huge no blockbuster presentation and you know I don't know that there we are going to get to a point where they do have any kind of answer to game pass because they don't need it like they can put out these massive titles and people will buy them like they sell like crazy because they're amazing games and you know now that all this stuff is up for pre-order we know that most of the titles that are going to be available by the end of the year are going to be for $70 so Demon Souls and a bunch of other games are up now all for preorder $69.99 so there go ahead and say okay this is where we're making the jump but then you know Spider-Man is $50 because that would have been a $40 title I guess and it's a smaller game so there's still going to be variety there so prices are jumping okay that was about time I guess that hasn't happened in forever but like even just the social media part of things like cuz i follow all these guys and i want to know what they're talking about like i saw a lot of postings that people were sharing around they're like you know i really like what microsoft's doing right now because people were saying you know when these prices are coming out people are saying like dude i'm going to get i'm going to get that s but of course i'm still going to get a ps5 and then you know the xbox account is replying they're like that's cool you're gonna have so many incredible games to play and then so people it's the way that last generation when they both launched within a week of each other both of the company accounts were kind of like you know when the when the xbox launched sony's account was like congratulations guys this is a huge day and then their reply was like thanks that's so cool and next week we're looking forward to you guys so like when everybody's kind of playing nice and like Realizing that they're all sort of doing different stuff and everybody's kind of winning, like that's awesome. And who knows what the hell Nintendo's yeah. thinking right now? They don't care, but yeah, I mean, this is just so exciting because there's so many like cool things happening. And and the coolest thing for us is that like you know we already have the machines that are going to like us let us take advantage of whatever Microsoft's going to do going into the future. So that's great. So
1: Sure, I mean that's that's also the thing is is just. You know with my new PC and now that I have an Xbox one it's there's even less of a reason for me to buy a new console just because I have access to all this stuff that I can do Um, you know when Halo does finally come out I'm gonna be able to play that even without having like the brand new Xbox Uh, so I mean I think the only thing that's really going to push me into possibly getting a new console in, in the future will be like yeah it like you said it's the games that sony comes out with cuz that's why people buy the playstation it's it's for their exclusive titles because it's literally the only place you can get them they usually aren't coming out on on pc or, or especially not on other consoles so um but there's nothing really like that out like yes i'm i'm really excited especially after seeing the new like gameplay trailer for Spider-Man Miles Morales like that's that's going to be cool i love the Spider-Man game i'm excited to play more of it but is that gonna be enough to make me want to go out and buy a brand new system? Probably not. Um Horizon Zero Dawn to whatever it's called, the Forbidden West. Yeah, that thing. Uh that could possibly <laughs> make me because uh, I mean I loved Horizon Zero Dawn and I would love to continue in that world, especially it being so long since the first one. But yeah, it's just that's a lot. I mean, even like I said, I'd rather not have the Diskless one, but it's a hundred dollars less I and mean, mm-hmm. that's not them to scoff at
0: but right well and then here, and here's, here's kind tricky. of the the final last thing i wanted to pick your brain about which because i think it's interesting and you led into it perfectly so there was a lot of th- information about stuff that came out about sony related things that were not a part of that presentation but that were were then being tweeted out by sony or put out there by jeff keeley who for some reason knew more about sony than what they decided to say about so like for example Demon Souls, that remaster, is going to be a launch game, but that was never mentioned, and that's weird because you want to announce everything you can for launch, it's one of the things that will make people want to buy things on day one, so that's kind of weird that they didn't announce that. One of the other things that came out later from the PlayStation blog, and then verified by a bunch of other people, is that there are going to be PS4 versions of Miles Morales, Horizon Zero Dawn, and a lot of those other games. So
1: Oh, I thought Sony said they weren't doing that.
0: Because they believe in generations, that's exactly what they said, but it was released yesterday, not a part of this presentation, but you know, we don't want to leave our hundreds of millions of PS4 fans in the dark because you might not be ready for getting a new machine. So we have an answer for you. We're going to be putting out PS4 versions of these games too. And then when you're ready to upgrade, you'll have the PS5 versions as well. So it's kind of a version of what happened with us and Destiny, where at the last minute we we decided to not get it on 360 because by buying the PS3 version, we also got the PS4 yeah. version you now can do that. So knowing that, do you think you would be buying a PS4 version of these games, but if they come out, you know, within the next, Oh yeah. You know, so you, you would get just the PS4 version because you know, you get the
1: PS5 version too, right? Sure. I mean, cause that was, you know, it's, it's going to be a long time till I, I buy a new console. And if right. I have the opportunity to get to play them on these, I'm totally going to take advantage of that. Um, not like things look bad on the PS4 anyway. Right. And that's just, it's, kind of interesting that they switched that the only thing that i can think of is that either they got some really bad feedback from fans or they saw how well microsoft was doing with the smart delivery right um or the other thing could be is that they realized that demand or supply is going to be really low due to coronavirus and everything Mm -hmm. so they probably figured hedge their bets and rather than you know bank on 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 you know the ps5 well if there aren't enough ps5s out in the ecosystem you're not really going to make your money back on the games because there's just not enough people to be able to buy them because they don't have a ps5 to play it on sure sure so if you give this option you have like the the everybody has a ps4 it was like one of the biggest consoles like ever like everybody has one so it does seem like kind of throwing money away to not use that to your advantage with your next couple of games like eventually the just like xbox is going to do they'll filter it out to where eventually you know you have to get the big co- new console to play these new games but for right now yeah it just it makes probably more business sense for them to offer it on ps4 because there's going to be the people who want to get it on ps5 and they're going to buy the ps5 for it and it might also motivate people like me or you who are going to buy the game on ps4 And then if we're thinking about PS5, we're like, well, we already have these games. We can play on them. Right, right. It might motivate you to buy one. I don't know. It might demotivate you to buy one if you can get all the games on PS4, but I I don't know. Yeah, and I think it's figures that
0: out. And it'll be interesting to see that, you know, because so much of their messaging was like, look, this new architecture and this new hardware is going to allow us to do things we've never done before. It's going to be this 3D audio stuff and this haptic feedback in the controller and levels that couldn't have never have been designed this way before because of the way our hard drive works. Now all that stuff is kind of like, yeah, but also we can figure it out. So, you know, the the nervous part of me says, is That's this, this going to be like the you know the 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 360 version of Shadow of Mordor where they took the nemesis system out because like it just didn't work with this hardware so or is it really just going to be like no the game is basically exactly the same it's just not going to look as pretty but it's still going to look really pretty it but it's just not going to look as really 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 pretty then at that point yeah it's who cares it's it's not a big deal
1: i think it's going to be more like that cuz if you look at pretty much this last this current console cycle moving to the next one it's the first time where they've most mimicked uh pcs where pretty much all you're doing is just changing sliders like you know like Mm -hmm. with a pc like i can my old pc ran a lot of games that you know it was chugging with you know and and it still play them and it wasn't missing necessarily a lot it just didn't look as pretty now i have a new pc and i could put those same games in and they run like 50 times as fast and i can have the settings up higher and you know the water looks really pretty and all that jazz and that's what they've talked about is with these newer systems that's really a thing it's why they're able to cross over so much more which is why i thought it was kind of bs when i felt that was just sony's choice to say like we're only going to release it on ps5 it wasn't a hardware thing it was them choosing and this just proves it right and it's not like it's new for them they did the same thing with cross play and all that kind of stuff saying well we can't just flip a switch and have it happen and then and they accidentally did flip the switch and made it happen <laughs> and they'd be like no 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 that was nothing and and now it now everybody realizes they can do it it's right. it's a business thing is it is it as easy as flipping a switch no it's probably not and it probably takes a lot more effort and maybe even money from them but it's it just shows they can do it they might just say that they can't it because they don't want to or don't feel the need to or whatever yeah but
0: but I mean I I you know you can I've heard some bitching and moaning about like this is going to hold the the generation back if we have to keep all these other people with their older mis-. No, I'd like who cares? Like this is great. This is great for everybody and like I'm excited because now like we get to play a new spider-man game before the end of the year that's awesome like that's so cool and when we eventually do get around to having these machines like we've already got the newer version of it that is so cool so like i'm thinking about things like witcher and about cyberpunk and like this now and i'm like oh that's awesome like i don't have to wait till some so t- eric time period you know next year or later when i finally decide i need to get around to getting one of these things Like you can play those games now and like have access to that you know quote unquote better version when when we're ready for it which is exact it's exactly what we did with destiny and that was like so cool like i yeah. think i just think that's great i think it's really really good so i mean i think that's ultimately going to be a really smart thing that's only going to benefit them um people can bitch and moan they're going to buy these things no matter what like it doesn't matter
1: how, how does it hold back the cuz every single new console era, we do that. There's a little bit of crossover. They've they've always done that. It's never held anything back. You're always going to get, you're going to get most of the people who want to be there day one or have the money or the means or or, or just, you know, just have to do it that are going to buy it. You also have people like us that are going to wait for a sale or something like that. But I I don't feel like we've ever held back a console generation. I don't even know what, what like they they think basically like the games are going to have to dumb them down a little bit in order to be able to play on that. Yeah. But I think, if it is really like kind of what I was talking about, which was what they've been saying, is that with these, with the the current and the next console, they're they're pretty much mimic more to PCs to where it is really just adjusting sliders. If that truly is the case, and that's how they explain it, um, if if when they're saying that that they are really mean what they say, then it shouldn't really slow anything down because you're you're not having to create a whole different framework it's the same framework you're just adjusting sliders on on what how pretty it's going to be sure it's the same thing that we they've been doing for PCs for years we don't go through console launches for PC it's just here's the new game you know these are the specs that are required for it it's going to be the same thing for these these are the specs if the specs don't match up with what the Xbox 1 or PS4 have well then that that's where those games start to transfer over to they are exclusive to the new generation
0: Sure. And I think that that's just going to happen the way that it normally just happens. Like, you know, my PS3 could not run God of War. My PS4 can barely run God of War. So, like, that would catch the PS3 on fire. So, like, yeah, at some point, like, it just happens. But there's, like you said, there's always this transition period and, like... It's just, I, it's, it's nothing but good for people, you know, and I, I think yeah. at some point then there will just be things that are just so appealing about, you know, having this new machine and those games will trickle up and stop being released for the old machine and it'll just, it'll just transition. So, I mean, I think that there was some information too, I guess, Jim Ryan from Sony did make a mention in some interview that they've now backwards compatibility has been kind of weird. They've been strange about what they've said it is and is not for these new machines. But he said at this point, they've tested like thousands and thousands of titles. And he said, you know, well over 99% of them are working great on the PS5. So I think for all intents and purposes, it's going to be backwards compatible with this gigantic PS4 library, which is fantastic because... There was a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff on PS4. So that's really, really good for folks going forward. So, And then Microsoft is just doing their, we don't give a crap. <laughs> you can play everything and play it however you want. Play it on your phone. We don't care, which is just also super cool in its own way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to try that out. I mean, I got to try out the X Cloud a little bit on the, whatever the beta was, the testing thing. Um, but now that it's out for real, I'm I'm kind of curious to check it out and see how it works.
0: All right. Well, we have so much to look forward to. So, best of luck to both companies as you release your boxes in the next couple months. And we will definitely keep our ears open. And as new and interesting things come up, we will comment on them. So, if you guys have thoughts about all this new stuff, and, and if you do follow videos at all, you have thoughts about this stuff one way or another. Um. So I got messages from some of my coworkers that literally contain nothing but the words hashtag Team Xbox today. So there you go. Um. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you'll reach out to us. Let us know if you want to it, it share any of your thoughts about that or have a feelings about these new launches you can get, reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook and all those great places to do that but uh, for now we will stay firmly entrenched in our current generation and older and, and, and play all those games because there is no end to lots of amazing things we can still play so we will leave that there for tonight and we'll be back with you with another episode in the near future but until then signing off for the used gamers my name is Chris and I'm Mike and we will talk to y'all later. Good night, everybody. Peace out.
1: Yay.
0: Cool. All right, man. This was, I think, the best sound quality we've like ever had. So this is good. Yeah. This is exciting. Yay. Yay. Cool. It's gonna be professional here if we uh, don't know. We're Go finally ahead. gonna be making all these millions of dollars off this thing. Mm. <laughs> the lucrative yeah, business of podcasting. That.